Hi, and welcome back to I Am The Podcast with your favorite host, Ava Dillon. And today we have a guest. It's actually a lady I met on Instagram. I'm actually meeting her for the first time, guys. Uh, and I'm so curious to everything that she's going to share. Uh, welcome. Hi. hi. How, how are you today? I'm good. good. Better than I was last day and the day before that. Okay. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Thank you once again for being here. Thank you for sharing the st- your story with me and everyone that's going to listen to the podcast. So the question I always have for my guests is finish the following sentence. I am... Well, firstly, I want to say thank you for having me. <laughs> and then um, I am conflicted and grateful. Oh, wow. I think those are the two words that I should use. I wanted to use the other one, mm-hmm. being conflicted. And then I was like, no, that's too negative. And then I wanted to be like, I am grateful. And I was like, no, it's toxic positivity. So. <laughs> You know, <laughs> you're both. It's you're okay both, to be and, both. And it's okay to be both. Yeah. Can you can you explain? Well, I've been going through a quite a roller coaster for mm-hmm. the past few months, I think. Um and you just asked me a question and how mm-hmm. I found out um that I experienced PCOS. Yeah, yeah, because that's also one of the things that um and I'm for very cl- curious about. Yeah, for clarification, it, it's called PCOS because it's post Something something syndrome. <laughs> post cycle? Yeah, post no, I don't I don't know what the post, C means. Well but the, the I have my phone with me. Let's figure it out. The O stands for ovarian. No po po poly poly dingetjes. Po ooh, okay. Yeah. Uh, poly size 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 Cyst ovarian syndrome. Yeah, so that's like cystic you no, know, but this is English because this is P O S, but the C. Oh, this okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. The first time I read it, I was like, "Why is the C in the?" You know. Yeah. And then I realized, like, the cystic part is very important because, like, little cysts mm-hmm. develop in my uterus, in my uh, ovaries. Yeah. And they're supposed to be like little eggs and mm-hmm. one needs to be bigger in order mm-hmm. for it to like jump out, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It only does it like four or five times a year or something. Oh, wow. So, um, and normally, and correct me if I'm wrong, like, um, when you have a quote regular, unquote, a regular yeah. cycle, it happens every month. Yeah. Ah, so it happens oh. like 12 or 13, 11, 12, 13 times a year for like regular yeah. uteruses and reproductive systems, but reproductive systems who experience PCOS. That's different. Yeah. So for some people, they get their period every month, like mm-hmm. my sister, for example, but she doesn't ovulate every month. And I don't ovulate every month, but mm-hmm. I also don't get my period. So some people lose the blood, mm-hmm. um, but some people don't. And now, because I've changed my diet, mm-hmm. I've noticed that my uterus doesn't like, it used to like spare up the blood a lot mm. until I had my period and it would like come out like fully and for like seven days straight. Mm-hmm. And now because I changed my diet, it doesn't build up as much. It starts wow. to build up as soon as I ovulate. Mm-hmm. And then um, like when I get my period, it's like four days or something. Ah, okay. So, you know. It's All the things we women have to go through. Hell. <laughs> <laughs> and can I say that that is one of the reasons or is it the reason that you're conflicted? 
No, so I've been struggling with that a lot. And then um, for, I think I was diagnosed when I was 17. Okay. Um, and this was in 2018. So you asked the question previous, like, um, uh, what was the question again? How did you find out that you had PCOS? Yeah. yeah. Well, I found out in 2018, I think it was September or something. But in August 2017, I was sexually abused and I thought... Sorry, this was in 2016? 17. 17, yeah. yeah I was okay. 16 because I turned 17 in October and this happened mm. August 16. Wednesday, 16th of August, to be exact. Oh, wow. Um, and I thought I lost my virginity. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went to this... Because I thought I would be like sexually active, mm-hmm. I went on birth control mm-hmm. and then... It just made me so depressed that I was like, after three months, I was like, you know what? I'm going to stop it. I don't need it because if I am sexually active, I use a condom, you know? And hell, if I end up pregnant, then shit, it might be, (laughs) you know? So um, after that, after being depressed, I was like, okay, I didn't get my period for like three. And before that, I used to get my period like around 50 days or something. Mm -hmm. But like after my... Um, and sometimes it would like not happen for eight months, but I was young, so I didn't. You didn't know. No, you know, and mm-hmm. I didn't really fuss about it. Mm-hmm. But after being sexually active, you know, I was like, dang, I need to know when that <laughs> shit happens because I'm not <laughs> trying to, to get not... pregnant. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, I'm wow. not trying to have no STDs. Nothing. I'm not and... trying to have any babies right now. Exactly. Like in the future, but exactly. For now. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for correcting me. By the way, I need to watch my words. I'm not trying to have any kids right now. But in the future, so yes. So for me, it's like... All is well. <laughs> it's in my system. Like. Yeah. But that's what I thought back then. So um, then I, because of, you know, the trauma and the, the birth control and the hormones and everything, um, I got depressed and mm-hmm. I ended up in the hospital in, a, I think, the 17th of June, 2018. Um, and... Because I was already struggling with my heart a lot. I used mm-hmm. to get, like, very intense um, heart... Like, how do you call heart? Panic attack? Yeah, yeah. But, like, wow. my heart used to beat, like, really fast. I used to walk the stairs and I couldn't even breathe. Oh. I used to, like, get up from my bed and walk to the fridge and I would have and a panic attack. It. Yeah. So and that was went. after the depression? Yeah. No, it oh, was during. during the yeah, depression. because oh, I didn't wow. know I was depressed. How old were you then? I was 17. And um, then they run a few tests and they mm-hmm. found out that I had something called fiscofagale reaxi or something. I don't know what it's called in English. But basically, um, when you get a panic attack, uh, your heart starts to beat faster. Mm-hmm. But my heart didn't beat faster. So the moment you get a panic attack, mm-hmm. your heart starts to beat faster. And yeah, you're, like you're, you literally feel it like yeah. beating. And, yeah. yeah. And then because your heart starts to beat faster, your, um, uh, how do you call the, the veins, mm-hmm. they widen. Mm-hmm. But be, they widen and that causes your body to like give a lot of energy. Uh. But my heart didn't beat faster. So my veins would widen and the blood wouldn't push through. Oh. So I would like go out like i fainted so many times in a couple five years i think and it's not normal for someone to faint like that no so then they ran a few tests and they ran some hormone levels and 
they called me and they were like, listen, uh, we need you to come back because something's not right with your hormone levels. And I already complained about the fact that I still didn't have my period. Mm -hmm. So I ended up in the hospital and it was simultaneously with me running those hormone Mm -hmm. tests. Mm -hmm. And then they called and they were like, you need to come back because um, we think you have PCOS. So I went with my mom and we sat there and then uh, they were like, yeah, you know, this is something that happens to a lot of young women and a lot of black women experience it. It's not something really big. And um, looking at your, like your BME, Mm. we see that you need to lose some weight. If you lose 10% of the weight, then you would be able to have children. Yeah. And, you know, instantly I was like, okay, so I need to lose weight in Mm -hmm. order to have children in order to be healthy and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. And I weighed like 72 kilos. And you had to lose weight? I had to lose like 10% of my weight. So like around seven or eight kilos I had to lose. Wow. So I was like... And the funny thing is because I I discovered somewhere, I think a few years ago, that somebody explained to me that the BMI... It's not even made for no. our bodies. Like, it's not even made for black women. It's not even made for women in general. <laughs> to begin with. <laughs> so based on that, they told you to lose yeah, 10%, 10% of, of the weight. Current. Okay, okay, cool. So, you know, I was like, okay, I need to... And I was already someone who was very athletic. So mm-hmm. I used to, like, work out a lot. So that was my drive to, like, work out even more. Mm-hmm. And the more I worked out, the more weight I gained. That's crazy. So I was like, dang, shit, this, this ain't right. It's not adding up. No. And I was unmotivated. And I think in from 2018 until now, mm-hmm. I've gained a total of maybe 30 kilos. Hmm. That's a lot compared yeah. to, you know, what normal people or regular people go through when from 17 to 20. Yeah. So... That was a little bit weird. And then I kind of... Because of that, I kind of spiraled into body positivity mm-hmm. and spirituality and um, uh, checking out my food, what do I put in my body. So, so important. Everything is intertwined with just yeah. that one moment um, on Wednesday, uh, 16th of August, 2017, just, you know, experiencing trauma and then me taking that trauma and using it for something that I think is yeah. my life's purpose i Mm -hmm. don't know so yeah and if you would like to share because you mentioned that you were sexually abused yeah and yeah after that of course the trauma and then the depression how like i'm even like i can tell that i'm kind of afraid to even ask no but ask the question it's okay you were sexually abused how like what was the abuse well because we grew up in society where sexual abuse often only is rape. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I was sexually abused, but my mother knew instantly. Oh, and God bless your mom. Yeah, God bless her for real, because she was not in a good place at all. And the we talk about this a lot, but the way she handled it was not the way um, I would have preferred, mm-hmm. but it was the way that I'm very grateful of because yeah. eventually I did get to realize it. But mm-hmm. basically what happened, um, you know, it was summer, I was dating guys and I've always dated like older guys. Mm. And it's something that 
I was afraid of back in the day because I was like, why do I attract these older guys? You know, like, is it because I have daddy issues or daddy complex? I don't know, but it's something weird mm -hmm. and I don't want to do this, but I could not seem to like attract younger guys. And mm -hmm. if I did, they would take advantage of me. Mm -hmm. Not that the older guys didn't, but I found myself being more aligned with an older person. Yeah. And I also have older friends. So, you know, and then, um, I was dating and I broke up with this guy, but this other guy was like contacting me and he was like, Hey, I see you around in the neighborhood and I really like you and blah, blah, blah. blah. And I was like, okay, weird. You know, I was like, you're a very weird guy. <laughs> But you're cute, so... And I used to see his baby brother on the bus all the time, so mm -hmm. I was like, oh, you're his brother, and we used to talk about that, mm -hmm. and then I broke up with my ex, and he came into the picture, and I thought, like, oh, you know, I'm dating this guy, I found mm -hmm. myself a boyfriend, you mm -hmm. know, I'm, and he was eight years older than me, I think, so I was 16, and he was 24, I think, that's mm -hmm. what he told me. Mm -hmm. Later, come to find out, he was actually nine years older than me, but okay. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, we, like, went on one date. And, you know, I'm young, so I'm sensual, I'm sexual. You know, I provoke people, but not in a way that we would necessarily have sex. Mm -hmm. And I explained to him, like, listen, I'm a virgin. I don't want to do this until I know exactly that the person is serious about yeah. me and that they want to pursue something yeah. more. Mm -hmm. And he was like, yeah, please take me serious, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, you know what? You know, I'm naive. I'm 16. He's someone in the fashion industry. So, and I always wanted to be a fashion designer. So I looked up to him. Mm. And then the day um, that you know the sexual abuse happened I went to his house because he used to live across the street from me mm -hmm. and I went to his house and he um we were sitting on the couch and everything and he was like working and I just wanted to be around him you know but he didn't give me much attention he didn't really like it, for him it wasn't oh I'm working but my girl is here with me you know yeah. like you do when yeah. you, you like a person um and then all of a sudden, he was, like, touching on me and stuff like that. And I didn't mind until he, like, asked me, do you want to do this? Do you want to have sex? And I paused for a second, and I was doubting. And then I was like, I didn't even, I never said yes, never. All I said was only if you have a condom. Mm -hmm. To me personally, right now, I'm 20. That's a red flag for me. Mm -hmm. And to think you're 25. You had five more years of experience than I have now. What do you mean wow. you're not going to... And she's 16. It's not mm -hmm. even that she's an adult. She's mm -hmm. 16. Yeah. It's different. So, like, magically, he finds a condom. He's like, this is the last one I have left. Oh, really? And then we have sex. And I instantly didn't want to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. But I thought... I'm already doing this. I can't, like, stop now. Mm. You know, so. And he, he looked at me and he saw that I was, at some point I was, like, completely zoned out. I was just laying there. And, you know, he's in his element and stuff. And he's like, are you going to come for me? And I'm like, just like, just please come. Dude, just this is not finish it. it. Yeah. Because I, I don't want even want to be here anymore. Mm. So this is the first time actually that I'm talking about it so openly on like a, a public platform. Oh, wow. So, but 
I've gone through my trauma. I've mm-hmm. gone through the emotions and all that kind of stuff. And it doesn't feel like I'm emotional right now. It just yeah. feels like I need to get it out. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it, it happened on the couch, by the way. He didn't even offer his bedroom or anything like that. And it was a leather couch on a very hot day. Oh, God. <sighs> just, oh God. I just... And... So eventually he's done and stuff and I get up and I walk into the shower. I'm like, can I shower? He's like, yeah, you know where the bathroom is. And I walk into the shower and there's like a little sink and a mirror. And I just stand by the sink and I just look at myself. And my instant thought is, what the fuck is my mom going to think of me? That's my instant thought. And he looks at me. He stands behind me and he looks at me and he's like, are you okay? And I just don't answer. Mm -hmm. He's like, are you okay? And I, I just, I look at him and I'm like, shaking my head like no and he's like don't worry um you know it's okay you shouldn't regret it and then he's done with me he hands me a towel i take a shower i don't even try to put on the hot water i just want to shower my body with cold water and Mm -hmm. just so i put on my clothes and i walk out of the shower and i see he's on a balcony like smoking weed I'm like, what the fuck? I'm sorry, can I curse? Yeah, yeah. Oh, be yourself. <laughs> of course, of course. I'm like, you know, this is a moment where we're supposed to cuddle mm-hmm. or at least sit next to each other and like talk about the experience or yeah. something. So like I look at him and I'm like, what the fuck did I just do? Mm-hmm. So I instantly start to blame myself. And then he comes in the in the living room and he's like, do you want something to drink? And I'm like, no, not really. Or I, I don't recall me wanting to drink, but maybe I said yes, I don't know. Um, and then he comes to sit next to me and I go to cuddle him, but it's not like he wants me to cuddle him. So you're just laying next to him. Yeah, and he's like sort of kind of put an arm around me, but then he's like, I have to like keep on working and stuff. I'm like, okay, but in my mind, he's like running this successful business, you know, doing everything he's he can do. So mm-hmm. I let it slide. And mind you, he still lives with his mom and his brother. So he's like, okay, but um, did you come? And I'm like, no, I don't think so. He's like, yeah, you did. You came. And I was like, I don't think so. And he's like, yeah, you did. You did. You came. And I'm like, okay. This but is why? My f- like, okay. I'm like, this is my first time... You know, like, dude, having read the room, (laughs) read the room, read the fucking room, (laughs) and he's like, I'm like, you know what? This is my first time having penetrative sex, so maybe I did come, but I knew damn well I didn't come because I knew what an orgasm felt like, and I knew exactly what like grades of orgasms Mm -hmm. I've had in the past, so I was very educated on sex as well, so I knew exactly what was what. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, see, I told you, yeah, you're new at this, so you might not know, but yeah, you definitely came. Mind you, I'm not even moaning at the point that he comes. I was zoned out. I wasn't even talking to him when it happened. So in my mind, I'm like, this is some very toxic behavior, but I cannot place it. Mm -hmm. So, okay, I go home. He's like, yeah, but I think you should go because my mom is going to come home soon. And I'm just looking at him like, "Um, okay, yeah, sure. So I go, I walk home, and I tell my sister, like, that day instantly in the car. But I don't tell my mom for, I think, like, two weeks. Mm. 
And then one day I come home, I tell her, and the reaction that I expected, this one was even worse. Because she was so mad, she was so disappointed, but at mm-hmm. the same time, she was like, he sexually abused you. And I was like, no, I was still trying to protect him. I think last week is the first time that I've actually told someone out of my group of people that I know closely mm-hmm. who did it. And I felt very proud because I was like, finally, you're at the point where you you're not protecting way. him anymore. Yeah. Yes, of course. And where you're able to say his name mm-hmm. to people and be like, yeah, he did it. And I think last year uh, in December, um, we called each other because I sent him a message and um, I was like, maybe this is going to help me find closure or something. Mm-hmm. And we had a conversation and he openly admitted that he did sexually abuse me. Wow. And that was like, see, you know, I've been thinking it all these years. I've gone through so many ups and downs, you know, processing this yeah. and like believing that it actually happened because mm-hmm. I always thought it was my fault mm-hmm. and believing that you actually deliberately did it mm-hmm. because my feelings were actually valid and then come to find out, yes, you did it and you're going to use the excuse, yeah, but I was young. You were 20 fucking four years old. Wow. I can't oh, imagine wow. right now dating a 16-year-old. Why would I do that? <laughs> On heaven's earth. That's so weird. Wow, but brave of you to have that conversation with him. I thought so too. I thought it was going to help me find closure. Mm-hmm. And at the end, I did because I went to trauma counseling and I mm-hmm. still am in trauma counseling. But I also thought, like, you're such a piece of shit. Like, even shit is, like, more Worse. glorifying than you are. <laughs> Wow. I also wrote him a letter once, by the way, and his oh. mom read it, and Ooh. that was my intention. I was like, she needs to, I was like, I, I think one of the sentences was, and I hope your mom finds this letter and knows what kind of shun she created. Wow. And I know she read it because he told me she did. Oh, wow. That was a, that was a very proud moment, but yeah. Going through all of that, all of that. And then coming to find out that you also, well, not also, but you're dealing with PCOS. Yeah. And uh, I know I read it before that you, um, that you chose to be celibate. Mm-hmm. Is that because of the experience you had or? Yeah. Hmm. I found out that I became extremely hypersexual and I was just choosing the wrong people mm. to like have sex with. Is it a bad thing to be hypersexual? I think if you're hypersexual and you do it with the intention that, you know, you have your person, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Let me not say that. But I do think hypersexuality comes from either trauma or something happened mm. in the past. Mm. Because it's it's not like hypersexuality is not you love sex mm-hmm. or you have a high you know, mm-hmm. sex drive. Hypersexuality is you constantly, the only thing you think about is sex. The mm. only thing you want to do is sex. Everything that you do is, you know, intertwined with sex. Mm-hmm. And I don't personally think that's healthy because mm. that's it doesn't allow you to, like, build proper relationships yeah, with people. Yeah, ev- everything, well, not everything, but the, all you can think about is sex. Yeah, and it doesn't help being queer because now I meet women and I'm like, shit, I want to have sex with you instead of I want to be your friend. <laughs> so, you know. I hear you. I hear you. So it wasn't, it wasn't very comfortable for me also. 
And but then, but then again, I feel like you protected yourself by choosing to be, to be celibate. celibate. Yeah, yeah. I, it was it was literally my protection. I was oh, like, wow. you're, I was Strong. punishing myself basically. Like you're not gonna have sex because if you're gonna have sex right now, mm-hmm. you're gonna end up doing things you don't like, and you're mm-hmm. gonna end up in like the black hole again. Mm-hmm. You know. So stop doing that. You're not allowed to do that because you're not allowed to hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. That was my intention of becoming celibate. And along the way, I learned, like, maybe I should stop punishing myself. And it really went from, like, you know, up and down and up yeah. and down. Um, until last month, I decided, I met someone and I decided, okay, I want to actually explore having sex with you. And I did. Mm. So I'm not celibate anymore. Um, and... I think it's by far one of the most intuitive decisions I've ever made. Wow. Because it's not perfect. I'm not perfect. He's not perfect. Um, And the situation is definitely not perfect. But the fact that... And and he... he, I went back and forth for like a month. Mm -hmm. And he went back and forth with me. And my friend... This is going to be so funny. (laughs) But I told my friends, I was like, you know... I'm going back and forth and he's running behind me and she's like, baby girl, give him some water and tell him to keep running. <laughs> oh, wow. And um, that was very, that, that wasn't a healthy thing of me to do, but I had to experience that and I had mm-hmm. to experience that with him and I had to, like, he had to put me in my place and be like, listen, I'm also human. You can't keep doing this to yeah. me. You know, you can't keep giving me this and then, when it's time to like actually have sex, you like pull back. Mm-hmm. It's okay if you don't want to have sex, but don't provoke me. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, you're right. And then I made the decision to have sex and I never doubted having sex with him. Wow. Um, and we still went through like, I want this and you don't want this or you can give me this and know what's going on and mm-hmm. I think that's why I was so conflicted for the past month but um my confliction wasn't from him necessarily it was more for myself like the level of insecurities I felt and the mm-hmm. level of, of not being able to open up emotionally because I always feel like I'm emotionally very open but I'm yeah. not at all and what makes you think that you're not I think that I can have a conversation with people mm-hmm. and that I can be vulnerable, but mm-hmm. when it comes to like actual relationships and actual connections with people, mm. I the wall comes up or you protect yourself yeah, in a way. Yeah. Yeah, and I love very hard, so I want to give people, mm-hmm. you know, everything, but I don't give them myself. Mm. That's the thing. So I can give you the water bottle. You know, I can buy a dozen, dozen of water bottles for you if you're yeah. thirsty. But I'm never like going to take fuel out of myself and yeah. give it to you mm. in order for you to resonate with me. And is that something that you would, yeah, would like to have or do that you can that you that you will be able to have that connection with someone? Yeah. I really want to, like, I really want to, like, give someone something of me and mm-hmm. have them give me something of them yeah. and, like, intertwine so we don't, like, suck each other dry, mm-hmm. but, like, we keep the fuel running, you yeah. know? We keep our cups filling up and stuff. Yeah. I feel like you've been, you've been on a journey of 
exploring yourself. Yeah. And thinking of like my journey started when I was 25 and I'm turning 29 in August. Wow. And you were 16, 17. So, yeah, so it's basically the same. Yeah. Right? And I wish I, I started sooner, but everything happens for, for a reason. You have life events that lead you to, okay, but who the fuck am I? Yeah. And to me, it's like, I'm in awe, really in awe of, um, and also, yeah, shocked, like, the things that you went through, but then looking at how you're growing through all of that and, like, finding yourself being very much aware of the fact that you were hyposexual, but also then protecting yourself, like, okay, I know this, and that means, okay, I cannot do that because this can lead to toxic relationship. Like, for me, that is, it's amazing, like, to have that um, on such a young age, yeah, yeah. To me, I'm like, wow. Because to be very honest, like I'm turning 29 uh, in a few weeks, and I think my sexuality, like really understanding what I like, was after my last relationship, being single now for almost four years, and um, what's the thing called again? Nola, darling, she's got to have it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, oh, so this is possible. <laughs> this is possible. Honey, it's <laughs> all possible. But like, and that's that's when I, and also because of my singleness, I was like, okay, I have the freedom to decide who I want to be, but also my sexuality and what I like. Mm. It's not always about the man. The yeah. fact that you knew that you didn't have had an orgasm Girl, like, I'm 28. <laughs> like, fuck, like, understanding, like, oh, okay, we as beautiful creatures, beautiful women can have orgasms. Yeah. That is something I didn't know before I was 25. Yeah. Like, so for me, I'm looking at you like, oh, wow. Wow, like, I'm in awe. I'm amazed. And of course, like, it was the life event um, that has led to everything that you are today. And yeah, it's, it's, it's not something that I feel like, Oh, I'm so happy it happened. Like, I'm sorry it ha it had to happen that way. Yeah. But I love how you're making it your own. Yeah. And as you said, like making it your purpose. Yeah. And I think that's where the gratefulness came from. Mm. I'm grateful. That was the one event that I had to like, realized that I was grateful for it because it led me to become who I am today mm -hmm. in my career and my love life and my personal relationships, like everything. Um, but the conflict definitely also stems from that event, yeah. you know, like now having someone in my life who prioritizes me in a way that I've never experienced mm. before. Like, yes, I'm not ready, you know, to have a relationship, but Damn, you my girl. It mm -hmm. like not to get too much into detail, but he's like, I got you. I got you, and even if I haven't got myself, I got you. Mm. And to me, it's so shocking. And like, I personally believe I don't have everything figured out. Nobody I, does. You know, nobody you, will ever. Will. No, exactly. Until the day you die. <laughs> nobody ever goes. Like we go through phases in life. Yes. Like, so it's something else every other time. So, yes. Mm -mm. So you could manifest something and you could get it and you could be grateful for it. Mm -hmm. 
and then something else happens where you need to go through, you know, another process mm-hmm. again and learn new things again and stuff. So a lot of people tell me like, you're so young and I'm so in awe and I take it as a compliment. Mm-hmm. So thank you. But I also see it as like, Going through those things yeah. that m- regular people, between air quotes, go through when they're 25, so in, in their mid-20s, yeah. and I went through that shit in my mid-teens, is very difficult because yeah. I didn't have the time to rebel. I didn't have the time to be a teenager. You had a whole lot of, quote-unquote, growing up to do, like, yeah. figure shit out, yeah, I had deal to, with trauma. Exactly. Yeah. I had to figure that shit out fast mm-hmm. because I'm not trying to, you know, turn 20 and be like, damn. Yeah, I I didn't have actual teen experiences mm. from sixteen on, mm. like from thirteen until fifteen. I was a teenager, yeah. hands up, hands down. You know, mm-hmm. I had a boyfriend here and there, and mm-hmm. you know, I used to kiss a lot of people and all that kind of stuff. I was a, I was a little hoe. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I still was a virgin, but I was, and I'm proud to say that. Mm-hmm. I did my thing, but from 16 until like 19, I think, I didn't really live life. No, you were dealing. Yes. You were dealing with yourself and everything that you, like, wow. Exactly. So the other, like, it's a compliment when people say, oh, um, you know, you're so brave, mm-hmm. um, uh, quote unquote, but it's also, I didn't want to be brave. Yeah. I just wanted to live. Yeah. So totally understand that. You know, be grateful that that shit happened in your mid twenties. You know, because now you can be like, okay, I'm ready for, Mm -hmm. you know, not settling down, but like finding everything that I want to have and, Mm -hmm. you know, building my life and stuff. So, as you said, everything does happen for a reason. Yeah, in in every stage of your life, it does. So yeah. And then after that. You also dealing with the fact that uh, you don't have your regular cycle. Yeah. Finding out, okay, I have PCOS. Was that like another stab in the back or? Definitely. I I can imagine like, okay, so first this and then this and then the panic attacks. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. The only thing I could think of right now, if I was in your shoe, I would like, hey, God, take me today. It's and okay. That's the I've thing. Seen, I've seen life. <laughs> I've seen life. I've done it all. You knew me before I was born. Never mind. <laughs> no, seriously. I don't know, but I'm sensitive like that. I'll be like, yeah, okay, cool. That's the thing. I've never in my life thought about taking my own life. Whoa. Never. And I always find it so weird mm-hmm. because I'm like, all the things that I've went through, mm-hmm. Why have I never thought about that? I've like thought about me not thinking about that. And I was yeah, like, but not actually having a no, thought. No, like, I was never like, oh, I want to cut myself. Or, and mm-hmm. I was always like, there's a certain life lust. My inner child was very luscious for life mm-hmm. and very out there. And people used to call me like the sunshine mm-hmm. in every womb I walked in. So I've always had that level of life lust. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm so young. Mm-hmm. I don't want to take my own life. It's mm-hmm. not necessary. There's so much to live for. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it never crossed my mind like in that sense. Like, oh, I want to, I've, I've thought, oh, I want to move. Oh, I want to get out of here. You know, mm-hmm. all those kinds of things. I want to move to another city. Yeah. You know, like but never. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. New people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And 
um, like finding out with the PCOS and stuff. Even now it's difficult because even now I do have sex. It's like every time we, because we have protective sex, mm-hmm. but like every time it's like, you know how that shit goes. Like you don't put on the condom directly. <laughs> it's, well. not like, it's not like, you know, now. Yeah. Sometimes we do and sometimes it's like, Oh yeah, shit! You got condom. We get, I'm mm-hmm. like, get off of me! Put the condom on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So every time that happens, um, and I know I'm not pregnant because I know God has a plan for me, and I know that um, the moment I end up being pregnant, I will know instantly. Yeah, your body. Yeah. Yeah, my body yeah. will tell me. My my spirit will tell me everything. Mm-hmm. So I just know, but it's so weird because. I don't get my period regular. And then, like, I think I have done maybe total of 10 or 15 pregnancy tests Mm. since I've been sexually active. And I've never had, like, an actual pregnancy scare. It's just I know I don't get my period. So the moment I have sex, I'm like, everything's cool. Even if I have protective sex, like, fully, like... If people put on the condom like instantly yeah. and, you know, the condom is sealed, I checked it and everything is just fine mm-hmm. and I don't feel anything. I take a shower and bloody, bloody, blah, blah, blah. Even after that, after two weeks, my body goes into instant panic and it's like, okay, but sis, it could have been broken. Yo. It could have been this. It could have been that. And then I'm like, dang, I got to buy another pregnancy test again because I'd rather be sure than be sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, it's... I, seriously, I cannot, Im- like, I, with this, I cannot even imagine because I do have my period regularly. Yeah. But I noticed that when I stress a lot. Yeah. I had that two times. My period came five days later. Yeah. And the first time that happened, I actually wasn't active and thought I was pregnant. It happened to <laughs> like me, me so many now, times. Like, Ava, come on. I was like, and I already told my dad, like, yo... I'm not active, but my period is... I don't know where it is. It's not coming. I might be the next Maria. <laughs> yeah, I, that I don't know. But I'm telling you right now, like, it could happen. I don't know. And I start... I was in the mirror like, oh my God, okay. But if... Who could it then be? Like, is it then an egg or something that stayed? Like, fuck. And then the second time, I was active. And I was like... Okay, so... Already planning out. I am... I'm not going to have this baby. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to tell my dad. I'm not sure if I'm going to tell my mom. Yeah. Because my mom will be like, Duh. I'll tell him. He can come with me to the abortion clinic. Yeah. But I was already like looking at my agenda and I was even ready to call them like, yo, what is your, what is, what is your schedule like? Because I think there's something growing. <laughs> because I was three days late and I was so I was stressing every time I felt like sh- you could feel like your period yeah, coming right yeah and I felt like okay it's coming I'm like yes 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 oh so funny I also have an alarm as well oh <laughs> yeah. I was like oh my god but then if you have PCOS like yeah fuck yeah I, I would have like a draw with I do okay yeah I, I understand and but but they never like last <laughs> It's always like, oh, yeah, I have an extra in my drawer. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, oh. you know, I run to that shit. If it's the morning, the evening, and I'm, I have a best friend, and mm-hmm. she knows exactly 
every time I have sex or anything like that, I tell her. And she doesn't really help my anxiety. She's like, but you know you can get pregnant from like the pre-cum, right? Like, bitch. <laughs> really? She loud. Really? This is what you have to tell me? She of loud. everything that you have to tell me. So oh, wow. that's something that I also struggle with. And now because I'm 20, I you know I can laugh about it and all that kind of stuff. But when I before I turned 18, I didn't want to tell anyone. Mm. I didn't want to be concerned about anything. And then during my celibacy, I saw a video of Ian Lafansant who mm. said to like single Everybody's auntie. Yeah. She's like the, the aunties of aunties. She's, she was like talking to like single black moms mm-hmm. and she was like, okay, when you met him, did mm. you think he was father material? No. Mm. Did you think he was husband material? No. He wasn't even boyfriend material. Mm. She was like, no. She was like, why did you decide to have sex with him? Mm. Unprotective sex at that. And I was like, damn, mm. she's, she's right. So now I've made a decision that even if I decide to have sex with someone who, um, you know, we don't necessarily end up in a relationship, it's mandatory for me to be like, okay, we have sex. Mm-hmm. It might happen that I end up pregnant. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be a good father to mm. the potential child? Mm-hmm. And could you be a good husband to me? Mm-hmm. And could I be a good wife to you? Mm-hmm. And thinking about that, like, made me more conscious of choosing someone to, like, hook up with mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And not just hook up with, like, any random person. I have to be, like, aligned with them. And, you know, they have to, like, trigger me in a certain way, emotionally, spiritually, mm-hmm. physically. And I have to do the same for them. Mm-hmm. So, so now you're like looking at the whole package just to be sure. Yeah, just to be, yeah, exactly. Just to be sure. And it also doesn't really help me because that also causes panic attacks, you know, because I'm like, in my head, I'm like, why does he know when a relationship with me? Doesn't he like me? Am I not attractive enough? Am I not the one he, all those kinds of things. And now for the past couple of days, I realized that the person that I'm with right now Mm -hmm. I, need, I am exactly where I need to be. I made a decision. Mm-hmm. I am proud of my decision. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that I've made that decision because I feel very comfortable with yeah. him. Yeah. Um, and I can trust him a lot. I think I can trust him more than I could trust myself because, you know, self-confidence mm-hmm. is a little bit shaky right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the person that I'm with right now, I get emotionally triggered so much because I need to take it day by day. I don't mm-hmm. have to live in the future, but I also don't have to live in the past. Mm-hmm. I need to take what he says to me and how he expresses his feelings towards me exactly for what they are. What it is at that moment. Yeah, yeah. in that moment. Enjoy it mm-hmm. and then move on. And, and I notice that every time I do that, something happens that I'm even more grateful for. Mm. So the fact that, for example, even if he doesn't feel like, you know, like he doesn't feel right Mm -hmm. or he's also conflicted with things he's struggling with or he's also sad or depressed Mm -hmm. or whatever, the most important thing for me is that he still prioritizes my feelings and Mm. he still wants to hear me out. 
even if we don't talk the entire day, but I still get a good morning text mm-hmm. and I still get a how did you sleep text. Mm-hmm. And if I call him crying, he's like, what the fuck's going on? Mm-hmm. You know, what happened? He's, he's emotionally available. Yeah. yeah. And he's emotionally invested in me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I sent a picture yesterday. I ripped my, my finger mm-hmm. and I put like a Band-Aid on, but we had one kid's Band-Aid left. So <laughs> I put that shit on and I sent him a picture. Just joking. I was like, I will always choose you know, these band-aids over normal ones. Mm-hmm. And I thought he was going to like laugh and he was like, what happened? I'm like, this is a joke, focus. <laughs> you know, Aww. but those kind of little things make me realize that I'm exactly where I need to be because emotionally I am not as available as I would think I mm-hmm. am. Mm-hmm. And that's where my hypersexuality, um, I still notice a lot of things from my hypersexuality is that my relationship towards guys is often either I think they only want sex from me mm-hmm. or, and then I flip it and I'm like, I only want sex from you. Mm-hmm. And I'm not able to like, or I wasn't able to like connect, connect with them yeah. emotionally. Mm-hmm. And now I'm noticing like, okay, if you don't have sex, what do you talk about? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're with the person and you don't have sex, how do you, like, what do you do? Do mm-hmm. you have conversations? Do you feel comfortable around mm-hmm. each other? Um, is there a certain level of trust? Yeah, exploring different ways of intimacy. Yeah, exactly. And, and like, to finish it off, I've noticed that one thing I've noticed about our connection is, um, and it's not necessarily him, mm-hmm. because I noticed that I talk a lot about like the situation. It's not necessarily him, mm-hmm. but it's more the fact that I've come into a certain phase in my life where I can be who I am and I can exist and I learn to be myself. That's what I find mo- most important. And mm-hmm. coincidentally, he's the person that you know I get to do it <laughs> with. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, you're not that special. <laughs> <laughs> but I get what you're saying, yeah. Um, and I noticed that every guy I dated, I couldn't fall asleep next to. Mm. I used to like shake and tremble and have anxiety. And I used to like get this weird gut feeling every mm. time I used to sleep next to a guy. And with him, the first time that we fell asleep together, I wasn't even sleeping over anything. We just fell asleep together on the couch. I fell asleep instantly. Wow. Instantly. I was yeah. Like, you and I, baby. It's there's, you and I. There's something there. There's yeah, something there. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. And talking about your purpose, what is it that you feel... Mm, let me rephrase that. I truly believe that, but that's me, that this is part of your purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, who am I to say? But when you look at it as your purpose, what are the things that you're looking forward to? Is this something that you want to spread out more into the world and how you deal with anxiety, um, the PCOS, or is it like, yo, this happened and I'm dealing with it, but it's not, I don't feel like I need to, yeah, I need to put it out there every time. Um, Cause I you said something earlier about your career, yeah, who you are yeah, and your purpose. I I think I don't want to, you know, you know, a unique selling point. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'd want to use it necessarily as my unique selling point yeah, that exactly. solely. Mm-hmm. But I do have a few unique selling points mm-hmm. where I'm like, okay, this is my purpose. I know that my purpose is to be um, a curvy woman and to let 
every woman, whether curvy or not, know that she should be proud of who she is. Yeah. Um, you guys should really follow her after this. Her pictures are bomb. Yeah, but I really like. I really enjoy uh, the the pictures you share in your Insta stories. Like, yeah. but also so very honest about what you feel and the way you move your body. Like, yeah. I love it. Thank you. I, I love it. Try my best. I haven't done that in such a long time, but I haven't felt connected with like. And that's the thing to me. That's very authentic because then I know you. You only do it when you feel okay. Yeah. With it. Yeah. You're not doing it for a unique selling no. point or whatever. No. Like it's really you. Yeah. And that's what I enjoy the most. Because I, I'm gonna be honest with you. Now I feel more at peace and comfortable with my body than I used like a couple of months ago. Hmm. And I've noticed that the moment I don't have sex, mm -hmm. I start to express my sexuality and my sensuality through mm. pictures and through, through videos and all that kind of stuff. It's still um, an energy that needs to... Yeah, it needs to leave my body. Mm -hmm. So I dance, I do... But I still do those things, but just at home. I don't feel right now in this moment, I don't feel comfortable with creating content on my own. Mm -hmm. You know, for example, like talking to you right now, mm -hmm. I wouldn't do like a YouTube video or create my own podcast. Mm -hmm. So that's more necessarily what I wanted to say in my career, whether it's media production or mm -hmm. fashion, modeling, mm -hmm. styling, whatever. Um, I want to use what who I am. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, importance of mental health with black people and mm -hmm. especially black women. Um, uh, the importance of physical health when it comes to your reproductive system, importance mm. of spirituality, um, the importance of that your body is a vessel and nothing else. Those kinds of things, I want to use that in my my career, mm -hmm. like the, the projects that I do. Mm -hmm. My latest project was based on motherhood and that was also very Good. special to me because even though I experience PCOS, I do want to have a lot of kids, minimal four. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, girl. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to pop them out, like, you know. Oh, wow. Four. <laughs> wow. No, I'm scared to have four. I'm, I'm okay with two. No, I, I just, I think either four, it doesn't matter if they're genetically or uh, adopted, but I do want to have my, you know, genetic kids, but I also mm -hmm. want to have adoptive kids. Oh, wow. I think that's, for me right now, I think that's also my purpose. Mm. Um, and it doesn't matter how I adopted them or how they came into my life, but mm -hmm. as long as they see me as their parent, then that's that's completely okay, and I would love that. But yeah, all those kinds of things, like I want to navigate through mm -hmm. life using the things that I've gone through and that I've experienced and I'm still going through um, in order to put my focus on something creative, so... It's, it's not that I'm going to start or that I think right now or feel right now, oh, I'm going to start like a fashion brand mm -hmm. for plus size people or something. Mm -hmm. That's not necessarily. But I think in everything that you do, there are certain elements that need to be seen yeah. and heard yeah. and like yeah. that people know, okay, that's her. Yeah. Mm. And uh, the last project I did, I, I'm going to give Manon a shout out. <laughs> so the last project that I did was like something based on motherhood and mm -hmm. it was with iFilm and Movie Zone and Alien Mac. Nice. Um, and well, the first Zoom meeting we had, you know, to discuss everything and stuff, Manon was our guide and 
the first, I think the third slide or something, she was like, so in my work, I find these and these things important. She's like, ageism, ableism, uh, uh, and racism, sexism, misogynism, mm-hmm. and all those kinds of things. And I was like, wow, I've never thought about it like this, but this is also what I align with when it comes to everything that I want to work with, whether mm-hmm. it's fashion or uh, media or anything, but I, I want to be a representation for the people that look like me mm-hmm. or for the people that feel like they resonate with me. Mm-hmm. So not only black curvy women, but also um, bald women and mm-hmm. also um, uh, men who struggle with sexuality, but also people who struggle with mental health mm-hmm. and, you know, so yeah. Dope. I think that's that's my purpose rather, yeah. rather than... Dope. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to everything that you're going to create and how you're manifesting yourself in this world. Like, I feel like you have so much in you. Yes. It's going to pop out, but I love how you're taking your time and like really looking at it and as your journey of life. Yeah. And just going through it all and allowing also yourself to to be in everything. I think you've... I, I listened to one podcast of you, um, two actually, mm-hmm. um, and but there was one that like jumped out very much. I don't even know with who it was anymore and what it was called anymore. What was it I, about? I don't. I don't think. I don't know if it's singleness or or it could be. <laughs> yeah, I don't. But but it, it, like the the. Um, Subject doesn't even matter because I listened to it and I instantly felt like this is a lot of information to take in. Mm-hmm. But I feel a certain connection with you that I I want to keep following you. Aww. I want to like keep seeing what you do. I don't always Same. have the, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I don't always have the energy to like keep track on everything that you do. But You're human. Yeah. And that's what I've noticed. But, like, there's something about the way you present yourself. And there's something about the way you go through life. Mm -hmm. And every time I see a new post on, like, that you did a new podcast or something, I'm like, kudos to you because I don't have the energy for that (laughs) shit. (laughs) Well, yeah. Well, yeah. But I have the same feeling with you. And I'm trying to remember when... It was that I felt like I really need to meet this woman. Uh, Because the funny thing is, uh, for a little bit of context, the first appointment was actually last year, I think. Yeah. The first that we connected. Yeah. Like, that I sent a message like, yo, I really need you on my podcast. That was last year. And then the lockdown and everything. And then life, life keeps on happening. Even right now, me in between my move and everything. And I love this. I'm actually sitting here enjoying this conversation getting the like getting so much energy out of it that this conversation even reminded me of the reason why i started the whole podcast because this is it like your story and everything having a genuine honest conversation with someone and that that you trust me enough to put this out into the universe to me that's like oh yeah that's the reason why i started this podcast so thank you for that you're welcome yeah really Really, but I, I I have the same feelings with you. And then I think one time in a life with, oh, I don't want to say this wrong, stat. Yeah. You said something 
No, all of you said your age. And I was like, wait a minute. These beautiful people are so young and they're so woke and they're so, oh my God. I was like, oh my God. I'm like, yeah, got me so excited. And, but it was even before that, that I even, that I felt like I need to meet this. There's something about you. The fact that you're bold. Love it. I love it. Thank my you. hair, this is, this is my Corona coupe. I can't yeah. wait to like be bold again, but I'm like, now it's like, okay, I have this long hair, so I'm just playing with it. But I love the fact that you're bold. And then everything that you shared, I was like, oh my God, this, he really chose celibacy. And I'm like. The, in that phase where I was then, I was like, I cannot imagine celibacy. Like, I was I was ready to go. I'm like, okay, I'm single. I found myself again. <laughs> Thank you, God. And then, but yeah, so much inspiration. And I love learning from people. Like, it doesn't matter the age. No. The whatever. If you inspire me, you inspire yeah. me. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a mutual. Thank you. I definitely recognize like the 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 way you describe yourself and the way you like stand in life and everything that I see also on social media with your dad. I'm like, dang. I saw your dad for the first time on your. It's so funny. I saw your dad for the first time on your uh, your Instagram. I was like, oh, he's handsome. <laughs> and then I like I, I saw the caption. I was like, dang, that's her dad. Never mind. <laughs> You're <laughs> so not the weird only one. Now. It's so You're weird now. And every time like I see a picture of you two, I'm like, but why though? <laughs> but why? <laughs> Everybody sees this, I don't. And you look so much like him. And it makes it I even don't. weirder because it's like, I think you're a very beautiful woman. But I also <laughs> think your dad is a very much a dilf. <laughs> Everyone, like, at some point, it wasn't even safe to post pictures of my dad anymore because I would receive DMs like, is he really your dad? I'm like, yeah, okay, he's handsome. <laughs> um, is he seen anyone? No, he's not interested. And I'm not looking for a stepmom. Like, I'm not. But you also have brothers, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I look at your brothers and I'm like, shit, <laughs> these people have really good genes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. You're not the only one. No, I know, so I know, it, I know. One. But it's so funny to see, and then I see how much you look like your dad, and I see how your um, bond with your dad is so much different from you and your mom. Mm. And it also inspires me to like, because I see that you're his little girl still, mm -hmm. and I know for a fact that I'm my father's little girl. But my father and I have a very complicated relationship. Mm -hmm. But, like, I, I thought I saw a picture of you sitting on your dad's lap. And I was mm -hmm. like, damn. It's like, she's really his little girl, huh? At 29 years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I want that, too. Yeah. You know, that's something that inspires me. I still want to be my dad's little girl and be able to sit on his lap mm -hmm. and not, <clears throat> you know, be in this weird or awkward position where, mm -hmm. you know, you feel something and you're like, but... Is it, is it weird? Yeah. Am I making it weird or something? Mm -hmm. Also, what I've noticed is that my hypersexuality kind of made me cut like a lot of cords with people mm -hmm. because I felt like being with you and having like an emotional connection 
other than romantically, whether that be relatively or mm-hmm. friendly or anything like that. I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't because my mind is wandering to something else and it doesn't yeah. have anything to do with you. But it's it's weird because now I have these feelings, not for you because medicine, you know, I'm not into incest and stuff like that. So <laughs> y'all better know this yeah, shit. Yeah, but Mark. it's just, it's, yeah, I understand. It's, it's what your mind does and it's just Yeah, us, and you, yeah. You, you feel ashamed of that yeah. because you're like, I'm thinking about this, but I'm with my parents. Mm. You know, it's, it doesn't, so now I'm able to like make those connections with people um, more openly and mm-hmm. more emotionally and not be focused on that. So Love yeah. It. Yeah. Love it. And believe me when I say being celibate was very hard. Girl, <laughs> I was celibate by force for two years. But I mean, after my last relationship, I was like, nobody's touching me. No. No. Like, don't even breathe yeah. towards no. me. Like, leave me the F alone. No. Yeah. But yeah, so... I but mean, it was hard because you still have needs and still have feelings. Like, even no. watching something very simple, like a movie or a series and somebody just kisses, like... <laughs> <laughs> like, even, yeah. even me having to go to the bathroom. You know, your bladder, like, is, like, positioned in a place where it, the like, kind of thing. feels... Yeah. You know, you kind of feel something in your clitoris. Yeah. It's yeah. like... Yeah. And the funny thing is now I when I've had sex like mm-hmm. if I had sex with a guy um I could like the next day I could like please myself mm-hmm. and no problem because mm-hmm. I was so hypersexual. Mm-hmm. And when I became celibate I would do that shit every day, twice a day, mm-hmm. four times a day, it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. And now that I actually have had it, I've had had haven't felt the need mm-hmm. to like pleasure myself. Mm-hmm. And I found it so weird. I'm like, huh? Why don't I feel, feel the need You're to do that? You're being pleasured, girl. Yeah. You're being pleasured. <laughs> like in ways that I could not imagine I would. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I love this. And he was like, don't you do that anymore? And I was like, yeah, I'm, because there was one time that I really wanted to have sex, but we weren't able to. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, you know, take one of your toys or something. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to try. And then I tried and I was like, it doesn't feel the same. (laughs) (laughs) That means you're being pleasured, well pleasured. Yeah, yeah. So that, you know, those kinds of things like keep me on track. And I'm like, yeah, you're good. You're good, sis. And everything's you are doing your exact doing exactly what you're supposed to do. And even sitting here makes me feel like better because I didn't feel good yesterday and the day before that Mm -hmm. I felt even worse but today I stood up and I was like you know what we're gonna feel a little bit better than we did yesterday and sitting here and talking so openly about these things has you know lifted up my spirits oh love it so yeah thank you thank Thank you. you conflicted and grateful yeah thank you so much for sharing this with me and I would love to have another conversation with you by the end of the year like course and where we are then yeah yeah i will definitely i i I mean i follow you and i'll keep on following you i'll make sure to mention uh everything where people can find you yeah because this definitely needs to follow for someone that's 20 yeah well 2021 turning 21 october yeah 13 of october so yeah i think we should definitely do a conversation by the end of this year maybe or beginning of next year and then me ask the questions to you and see where we are 
Love it. Let's do yeah. it. It's a date. Yeah. It's a date. Yeah. Kudos. Definitely. Cool. Thanks. Thank you again so much. You're welcome. Thank you uh, so much. For being on the podcast. Conflicted and grateful. Yes. Thank, thank you. Thank you. This was I Am The Podcast with your favorite host and Safira. Am I saying it right? Yeah. Yeah. Safira. Thank you.